service. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Jake Brennan, and I want to tell you about Disgraceland, the award-winning music and true crime podcast that I host. Disgraceland tells the stories of musicians getting away with murder and behaving very badly. Fleetwood Mac, Nipsey Hussle, Cardi B, Ozzy Osbourne, Taylor Swift, Tupac, The Beatles, Amy Winehouse, Jay-Z, The Grateful Dead, and so many more. This is not the music history you've heard before. This is an uncensored, immersive look at the lives of musical icons as seen through the crimes they've committed or that have been perpetrated against them. Did Jerry Lee Lewis murder his fifth wife? What really happened to Sam Cooke in that seedy motel at 3 a.m.? And how did the Rolling Stones wind up sleeping with the First Lady? Wait, what? New episodes of Disgraceland drop every Tuesday with bonus episodes released on Mondays and Thursdays. So get in, buckle up, and join me in Disgraceland. Available right now, wherever you get your podcasts. Rock and roll. Hey guys, excited to be in your feeds today talking about the legendary director John Huston. But just a quick heads up that over in the Disgraceland feed, we've been rolling out the 10 scariest Halloween episodes from our five-year archive, including freaky stories about ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne, Robert Johnson, Led Zeppelin, and many more. You're going to want to check those out. Uh, maybe with the lights on after you get through this rap party, of course. All right, let's talk some movies. Badlands listeners, are you here? Are you with me? Are you too tired to go to bed? Too riled up to stay home? I know I am. This is another podcast that comes after the podcast. Welcome to Badlands, the rap party. Welcome to the Badlands bonus episode, another thing we like to call the rap party. And just like that other show, this is a show that comes after the show, a voyage from one episode of Badlands to the other, the back lot breakdown of sorts. On this bonus episode, we're talking about John Huston, some more David Lynch, and a ton more horror. Plus, my recommendations and your movie-focused voicemails, texts, DMs, and more. Badlands listeners, let's get into it. Greetings, brothers and sisters, and welcome to the rap party. Let's dive right in to John Huston. John Huston, a true titan of the Hollywood system. Titan who, like all great titans, actually bristled at working for the system. John Huston did things his way, like shooting his epic adventure films in exotic locales. And speaking of adventure, John Huston's life was one long adventure. That's in part why he makes for a great, great episode. Lots of ups, lots of downs, lots of what have yous, but a life unlike any other. And that's more than fair to say about John Huston. And before he became this legendary director who worked with everyone, it seemed like, everyone from Humphrey Bogart to Marilyn Monroe, Jack Nicholson to Sean Connery. Before that, 
John Huston led a life that was equal parts thrills and tragedy. And it was the type of life that could only be lived in the 20th century. It does not seem like a life that could be lived today. John Huston was made an honorary lieutenant in the Mexican army. He was nearly shot in a poker game, was challenged to a duel in broad daylight. In 1933, he struck and killed a pedestrian while driving his car down Sunset Boulevard. This accident was obviously the source of great controversy at the time. His life was just very, very dramatic, a very dramatic Hollywood life. The infamous William Randolph Hearst, the publisher, he used his newspapers to try to sink John Huston's career before it got off the ground. Such a controversial character, John Huston, that he had to lead the country, go to England, and lay low, this is after the death on Sunset Boulevard, and let the dust settle. But he goes to England with no money, no job, no prospects. And so John Huston literally, you know, this is one of the all-time greats behind the camera. John Huston literally had to beg for change on the streets in London. A very rags to riches story. And this always makes for great, great films, great talking fodder for podcasts. Made me think of some other great modern rags to riches stories. Wolf of Wall Street, Social Network, Slumdog Millionaire. Let me know what your favorite rags to riches stories are from film history. 617-906-6638. Send me a text. Leave me a voicemail. Let's do some voicemails right now. Let's hear from Marty in the 408. Hey, Jake. Uh, This is Marty from the 408. And uh, yeah, in light of the Halloween season, I wanted to recommend to you a kind of sci-fi horror movie called Under the Skin. It's got Scarlett Johansson, and it's filmed in Scotland. Very realistic, very, very trippy. Jonathan Glazer is the director. He did the movie Birth um, with Nicole Kidman. So, yeah, I wanted to recommend that to you and also wish you good luck with your new studio. And uh, I am going to now go watch Jacob's Ladder for your recommendation. All right. See you, man. Marty, I've never heard of this movie, but I'm intrigued, man. And I think that this is one of those scary movies that because it's got Scarlett Johansson in it, I can get it under the radar of my wife and possibly get her to watch it with me. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to try and do just that this weekend. There's another film. I'm, I've got like a similar tactic I'm going to take with my wife, but maybe I'll bump that and check this one out instead. Uh, let me know what you think of Jacob's Ladder. I think you're going to dig it. Psyched that you're watching it on my recommendation. All right, Walt from the 509 ringing in on the question of greatest gangsters in Hollywood history. Jake, Walt from the 509. Best gangster actors modern, uh, Dennis Farina. He is awesome as a gangster every time and a crooked cop. And also it's got to be Joe Pesci, number two. Have a great one. Show's awesome. Thanks, Walt. Uh, Whatever happened to Dennis Farina, actually? Is he dead? Uh, I feel bad for not knowing that. Solid one-two punch of a list, though. I might lead with Joe Pesci over Dennis Farina, but yeah. Uh, Let me know what happened to Dennis Farina. Call me back. I can look it up, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna continue recording this podcast. You you can call 617-906-6638. Give me your Dennis Farina knowledge. Let me know what Dennis Farina films to watch. Obviously, NYPD Blue, the TV series, but uh, I'm a little vague on the Dennis Farina filmography. All right, Angela from the 214, also on the question of favorite gangsters. Hey, Jake, this is Angela from the 214, which is Dallas to some of y'all. I am calling about the gangster, the most exciting, a favorite gangster that I can say 
for the new school folks is Joseph Decora in the Power Book 4, uh, Force. He is just the most ruthless character that anyone could be, as well as his, his, the actor himself is just, his delivery is just perfect. If you're not watching Power Book 4 with Tommy, Joseph Sakura, you're missing out. Thanks. Keep doing what you do, Jake. I'll be listening to you. Bye-bye. Angela, I can safely say that I have no idea what you're talking about, but I am here for it. What is the Power Book for? Do you guys know what she's talking about? What the Power Book for is? I'm not watching it. I've never heard of it. Never heard of Joseph Sakura either. Doesn't that doesn't mean I don't know who he is? That doesn't mean he doesn't have a face that I don't recognize. Uh, call back, Angela. Let me know. All right, give me the rundown. I'm interested. You sound firmly convinced, but I want to know. All right, I want to know what the Power Book for is. Six one seven nine zero six 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 three eight. All right, let's check in with Brent from the six zero two. Another county heard from on the subject of favorite gangsters. Hello, Jake. This is Brent. From the 602. Yeah, I gotta say, my favorite mob guy is Steven Van Zam and uh, Lily Hammer as Frank the Fixer. He's a witness protection sent to Norway. That's pretty badass. And then, uh, as far as psychological thrillers, I really like that new ish movie, The Platform. And I really like time loop thrillers like the movie triangle anyway thank you bye brent you are spot on steve van zandt is great in lily hammer even though he's essentially playing the same gangster character from sopranos um i believe lily hammer was one of the first original series from netflix and it's great you're right it's awesome it's got this great tone to it Kind of want to rewatch it now that you've brought it to my attention again. Thank you. Appreciate it, Brent. Uh, for you guys who have not seen Lily Hammer with Steve Van Zant, go ahead and check that out on Netflix. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. Be back in a flash. I'm going to connect some music dots to this week's episode on John Houston. All right, let's get into some text. This one from the 415, I like this one. This one comes from Pablo. Pablo says, this is not a movie, but probably the scariest things I've ever seen. The episode Home, X-Files, season four, episode two, Home. A quadruple amputee woman is kept under her bed on a rolling cart. Her family occasionally pulls her out to get her pregnant. Oh my goodness, that's fucking dark. Pablo goes on to say, based on a real family in Pennsylvania. I cannot believe that's true, Pablo. I cannot believe that, but I'm intrigued. <laughs> now I want to watch it. X-Files season four, episode two. Pablo goes on to say, favorite gangster in a movie is a hard one. Yes, it is, Pablo. We like the hard questions here. We're not afraid of them. But Pablo goes on to say, here's a great gangster from a newer movie, Tom Hardy in Lawless. So good. And to link it with music, Shia LaBeouf plays his brother. Cardboard City representative, much love. Thanks for the podcast. I listen all day while doing construction. Pablo, thanks for doing the work out there, man. Appreciate you. Appreciate the uh, the text. Keep listening. Keep them coming. 
Hi, Jake. Doe here in the 501. A couple of my favorite horror movies, American Werewolf in London and Vampire's Kiss. Love me some Nick Cage. Nick Cage comes up a lot on this podcast. I got to say, it's almost every week someone's talking to me about Nick Cage. I feel like we got to do some sort of Nick Cage appreciation party. American Werewolf in London is one of my top five favorite horror movies as well, Doe. So yeah, I hear you. The 407 writes in, got COVID for the first time and had the world's worst headache on top of everything. Best spooky season movies for those with headaches. Well, 407, stay tuned because we're running them down right here. We're getting calls. We're getting voicemails. We're getting texts on favorite horror movies. And then I'm going to give you a top five at the end here of some favorite horror movies. All right. Uh, Let's see here. 856 writes in kudos for the episode titled Horror Business. Thanks. I need a reason to listen to Misfits in October. All right. That's more of an after party. but We'll keep it here. 8360 writes in, hey, it's me, Mary. You just mentioned When a Stranger Calls Back. So When a Stranger Calls Back is the movie I watched last week that I talked to you guys about in the last Rap Party episode. Mary goes on to say, you just mentioned uh, When a Stranger Calls Back on the bonus episode, and that is actually the sequel to When a Stranger Calls that someone else recommended. Aha! I didn't know that, Mary. I didn't even know that that was a sequel. Damn. Charles Durning and Carol Kane. Yes, you probably already know this by now, but I thought I would share. Also, if you have not watched The Thing, well, hold on, hold on, hold on, Mary. I didn't know, and thank you. And now I'm going to watch it. All right, I'm going to go watch When a Stranger Calls. Okay, and I'm going to make my wife watch it because she watched When a Stranger Calls back with me and she was actually into it, even though it was scary. Because my wife, she really, her thing is like, she just thinks she doesn't like horror movies, but she plays this like, I'm too scared, I don't want to watch it thing, so she doesn't have to watch it, which isn't fucking true. That's my take. Don't tell her, though. All right, let's see. What else we got here? Also, Mary goes on to say, if you have not watched The Thing, 1982, this is a must-see. Sounded like you weren't sure if you had seen it or not, and you got to watch it. It has our friend Kurt Russell in it, not Kirk Douglas. Haha. Ha. Uh, Mary, good, 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 deep, deep pull there from the uh, rap party uh, lore, me confusing Kirk Douglas with Kurt Russell. Also, Mary says you asked about Sinister a couple weeks ago, and I would recommend that one as well. It's one of the more recent horror movies that was scary to me. Ethan Hawke is great in it. I uh, watch a lot of horror movies, and every October, I always do 31 Days of Horror, where I watch a different horror movie every day. I like to save the obscure ones for October. This year, I watched a bunch of Lucio Fucci ones, uh, but they are super gory, so I wouldn't recommend them if you don't like gory stuff. Uh, some good ones you might like. Go on and mention another Ethan Hawke one, The Black Phone, Train to Busan. Is that how you say that? A Tale of Two Sisters. All right, Mary, awesome text. Appreciate it. Thanks for reminding me about Sinister with Ethan Hawke, and thanks for hipping me to uh, When a Stranger Calls. Appreciate that. 507 writes in, this TV show in the 1970s scared the crap out of me. I was nine, and Shinana watched it. I don't enjoy watching scary movies, but I do enjoy a good murder show. Becca from Mencanto, Minnesota. Am I saying that correctly? Mankato? What's she talking about, you ask? The TV show is called Kolchak. K-O-L-C-H-A-K. No idea what that is. Looks cool, though, I gotta say. Top gangsters from the 678. Christopher Walken, Vincenzo Cacati from True Romance. Not much screen time. But what a scene. So many to choose from. Can't miss Walken. He's also great in King of New York as Frank White. He is. He's amazing as Frank White. Love that. Love King of New York. Another one on Best Gangster 781 writes in Best Gangster Wesley Snipes as Nino Brown in New Jack City. That's from my man Ish. Ish, you're the best. Thanks for writing in. Appreciate it. 716 writes in Villain you secretly root for. Con. Ricardo Montalban's portrayal, though Benedict Cumberbatch came close in the reboot. 
Are we talking Wrath of Khan there? Is that what we're talking? You're testing me. You're testing my Khan knowledge. All right. All right. All right. 617-906-6638. We did it. We did the text. We did the voicemails. You're going to call me back. You're going to write me. You're going to let me know what you're thinking about, what your favorite horror movies are. You're going to post some questions of the week for me. I like that. I like how you guys are doing that. I like, uh, I like what Mary was doing, connecting all the dots. Appreciate that. All right. Stay with me here. John Huston's directorial debut. This is how we're going to get to the music connection to this week's episode. John Huston's directorial debut, of course, was The Maltese Falcon, one of the greatest film noirs, one of the greatest movies about a private investigator, one of the greatest Humphrey Bogart movies. It was based on the novel by Dashiell Hammett and John Huston, who began in the business as a writer, wrote the screenplay for the film. It's a great screenplay. And over 40 years later, in 1985, Bob Dylan released his 23rd studio album, Empire Burlesque. Now, this might be a little too conspiracy theory-ish, but if you listen closely, it's obvious that Dylan, Dylan Heads, let me know what you think of this. It's obvious that Dylan was re-watching the Maltese Falcon like crazy around the time of making this record. Three of the album's songs, Tight Connection to My Heart, Seeing the Real You at Last, and When the Night Comes Falling from the Sky, have lyrics that directly correspond to lines of dialogue from John Huston's movie, including, naturally, the famous line about the stuff dreams are made of. So, what do you think? Was Empire Burlesque intended to be some sort of Sam Spade concept record? I don't know, man. Dylan's weird. He's a fucking enigma. Who knows? But you know. I don't know if you're a Dylan head. Maybe you know. Let me know. Let me know what you think. All right? Speaking of the Maltese Falcon, let's get into John Huston's filmography, which is intense. One thing to note about John Huston is that he worked with just about every major actor and actress along the way. I got into this a little bit at the top of this episode. Bogart, Bacall, Gregory Peck, Marilyn Monroe, Clark Gable, Audrey Hepburn, Burt Lancaster, Marlon Brando, Elizabeth Taylor, Paul Newman, Jeff Bridges, Michael Caine, Sean Connery, Jack Nicholson, Kathleen Turner, the list goes on. And here are some of the most notable films that John Huston directed over the course of his four decades. There's so many here. There's so, so, so many, all right? Maltese Falcon, which we mentioned, The Treasure of the Sierra Madre, and Key Largo, Asphalt Jungle, African Queen, Beat the Devil, Moby Dick, The Misfits, which, sidebar, I'll just say we get a special episode of Badlands for next week that ties into this and also ties into our Misfits Glenn Danzig episode of Disgraceland, but I digress. Also, Night of the Iguana, all right? Fat City, The Life and Times of Judge Roy Bean, The Man Who Would Be King, Annie, under the Volcano, Prizzy's Honor, The Dead, so much. And I'd be remiss if I did not give a shout out to Chinatown, a movie that John Huston did not direct, but in which he plays the role of Noah Cross, a real wolf in sheep's clothing, to put it mildly, one of the slimiest, most vile antagonists of the 1970s or any decade for that matter. John Huston's so good in that movie, you wonder why he wasn't in front of the camera more often. All right, enough of my yapping. What do you think? What's your favorite John Huston movie? Okay, what's underrated? What's overrated? Did Bob Dylan write a secret homage to John Huston with his 1985 album Empire Burlesque? All right, I want to know. Let me know. Dylan heads especially. Get at me. Also, I want more horror recommendations. 617-906-6638 on the voicemail or text. Particularly horror movie recommendations that I can sneak in uh, under the guise of being thrillers to get my wife to watch them with me. All right? At DisgraceLandPod on the socials. DisgraceLandPod at gmail.com on email. I'm back in a flash with some recommendations.
All right, this is the other recommendations part, the part of the other show where we recommend the movies and the television content. The recommendations part, the part where we discuss the movies and television we're recommending. This is the recommendations part here in the Badlands Rap Party bonus episode. All right, I watched The Burbs with my kids, just like I told you guys I was going to do, and it's as good as I remember it, especially the Corey Feldman character, who, strangely, here I am as an adult, and I relate more to the smart-ass teenager in this movie than I do to the dad character played by Tom Hanks. But Burbs is fucking awesome. You can show it to your kids. My kids are, are not that old, and uh, there wasn't much in it that was you know, too adult for them in any way. At least, I didn't think so. Uh, we've all got our own meters, though, when it comes to that stuff. So the past few weeks, I've been checking out more obscure Halloween horror movies. You guys know this. It's been the central point of this discussion here in Rap Party for October. But this past week, or this past weekend, really, that's when I watched most of my stuff. I did the opposite, and I dove into a bunch of old horror standards, with a couple exceptions, just to feel like comfortable, just to get that hug of, of familiarity. Uh, I, I kind of got off the beaten, I'm sorry, got back onto the beaten path, I should say. I didn't watch these in their entirety. I just kind of checked in and bits and pieces. Uh, and looking back at my go-to comfort horror films, this list is not anything extraordinary. And you guys have seen all these, trust me. Uh, but they're worth mentioning here. They are The Shining, Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist. I told you guys about this before. An American Werewolf of London and Carrie. That's a pretty basic bitch list of entry-level horror films from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. But if you ever saw any other horror movie for the rest of your life, you will have seen five of the all-time best if these are the only ones you watch. So, again, The Shining, Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, An American Werewolf in London, and Carrie. Start to finish, straight up, let's rank them. Number one, Rosemary's Baby, okay? Again, start to finish, from the beginning of this movie to the end of this movie, this is the best movie on this list. Again, the list is The Shining, Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, and American Werewolf in London, and Carrie. Okay, Rosemary's Baby to me is the best movie on this list. The number two is a very close second, and it is The Exorcist. Then I go Shining, then I go An American Werewolf in London, and then I go Carrie. Okay? Those are my top five horror movies. You can only name five. What are they? 617-906-6638. You got a beef with my list? Let me know. Again, in order. Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, Then I Go Shining, American Werewolf in London, and Carrie. Okay, I also went back and I watched a movie that I never considered to be a scary movie, but it's frightening. And I can't believe, I'm, this guy's such a singular filmmaker that I did not think of this as being a, a horror movie or a scary movie at all, but it is. It's fucking terrifying and it's Fire Walk With Me. David Lynch, the Twin Peaks movie, not the series. You've probably seen both. Okay, as I have, I adore the series. I love it. It's like a warm bath. I put it on and I'm instantly comfortable. I feel fucking great when I watch it. It's incredible. I've never had a lot of love for the movie. It sort of existed as this other piece of content that was connected, obviously, to the series. It was part of the lore. But in rewatching it, something about rewatching it now, maybe it's the age I am, maybe it's my taste being different. Obviously, the film is drastically different from the from the TV series. The tones are kind of similar, but at the end of the day, the film is a lot different and I like it a lot more. It's super weird and it's way scarier than the TV show. And uh, I don't know. I just think it's great. I love the darkness of it. I love the twisted, 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 twisted sort of 
deep, deep, deep nuggets that David Lynch is dropping throughout. And for, you know, our purposes this time of year, like I said, very scary. And I don't think of David Lynch as I should. I mean, there's uh, lots of his films are frightening as all hell. Uh, but again, I just think of them as David Lynch movies, as you guys do as well. So Fire Walk With Me, is it a horror movie? What do you think? Is it a scary movie? Not a horror movie. Is it a scary movie? Do you put it on, you actually feel yourself getting frightened. I know I did. Maybe I'm just freaked out because it's October. 617-906-6638, voicemail or text. I want to know your top five horror movies ranked in a row. And Twin Peaks, you going Twin Peaks the film or Twin Peaks the television series? And while we're at it, who killed Laura Palmer? Back in a flash. All right, let's recap, shall we? Number one, the obvious brand new episode on John Houston is available in your feed right now, so go check that out. Number two, next week in Badlands, brand new episode on John Houston's 1961 movie, The Misfits, the final film made by Marilyn Monroe and Clark Gable, a film that may or may not have cursed not only them, but their co-star Montgomery Cliff. Number three, over in the Disgraceland feed, we've been re-releasing our 10 scariest episodes for the Halloween season, episodes on ACDC, Ozzy Osbourne, Robert Johnson, Led Zeppelin, Norwegian Black Metal, and more coming this weekend and into next week. Number four, call me, 617-906-6638. Let's keep this Badlands movie conversation going. Number five, I got a split. I got other podcasts to record and I have to return some videotapes. So right now, a second dose of bliss for yours truly in honor of this week's Badlands episode. Me reading the script from the life and times of Judge Roy Bean starring Paul Newman and directed by John Huston. Dodd, I want to say something. Don't I get to say nothing? Bean, say it quick. Dodd, I want to say that I still believe this whole thing has been a mistake and then I'm no worse and probably better than the men who are about to end my days. Bean, that's enough. They put the noose around his neck. Dodd, voiceover. It was wrong to do this to me for the crimes mentioned, but I had also killed white men and stole their horses. So I figured that is what I was being hung for. My only concern was that the rope be tied properly and the whole thing done right. The horse was slapped. Sam's office was hanged. Dodd, Rio, continuing. It was. Cut to exterior, graveyard, music show, beat out the martial sounds. Sam Dodd had a singular Quit talking and start mixing. Cut it.